Welcome to the Gentleman's Guide to Vampires. Now, this video has been requested by a very generous soul who decided that they would back the world below on backer kit based on my recent video that said, if you back the world below on backer kits and you let me know what tier you backed at, well, if it's a cartographer tier or higher, I will make a video for you of your choosing. This person was ultra generous, went for the Explorer tier because they wanted what they called a super duper deep dive into the Hecata and their formation. So, first things first, the world below is the new role-playing game I developed with a whole bunch of other World of Darkness creators. It's got a lot of World of Darkness motifs in there. It's subterranean fantasy, but there's a lot of political and mythical and metaplot-like elements in there too. If you like my work on Vampire, if you like my work on Werewolf, if you like my work on all the other World of Darkness games, check the world below out. The link so the backer kit is right below, and you can back at any tier, but if you back at Cartographer or higher and let me know about it, contact me through matthewdawkins.com. I will make a video for you, or just chat with you about any gaming subject of your, <laughs> of your choosing, providing I have something to say on the matter. So this person, again, less than a week left to back, so I want to see the pledges going up. Please do give us your support. We want to hit more stretch goals. Now... Anyway, back to the subject at hand. The Hecata, one of my favourite parts of V5, one of my favourite things to have designed, one of my favourite things to have come up with. Uh, I can largely be blamed or given credit for the Hecata in this series, which I should probably call the Undeath of the Author, because I appreciate authors aren't supposed to explain their thoughts, their feelings, their motives, and what you're supposed to be taking from the material. But this is what's been requested, and as I've been paid, essentially, uh, I will say that I've got standards. The Hecata. Well, the main question was, why do the Cappadocians and Harbingers of Skulls from Vampire the Masquerade of Old suddenly align with the Giovanni when the two have been at each other's throats for 500 years or more, and quite literally, they've been diabolizing each other. How could you suddenly justify them working together in a single clan called the Hecata? Isn't this a bit of retconning? That's basically what was written to me. It wasn't written in an aggressive way, but it's a question I've received a few times, and I've gave loose or light answers, but this is the super-duper deep dive that's been requested, so let's get into it. There are two sides to this story. I don't mean they're in conflict, I mean there's two sides to it. One is the design side, one is the lore, L-O-R-E, side. Let's look at design first. So, I'm not saying I saved the Hecata, the Clan of Death, the Giovanni from the chopping block. However, <laughs> I will I will say at this point, none of this is covered by NDA. None of this was what was instructed to me behind closed doors. These were all ideas I came up with or things I responded to. So I'm covering myself there. Let's look at the Giovanni first of all. I can't recall if it was the preview PDF that went out to reviewers and the first backers or the first customers of V5, or if it was just the one that went out to authors. But in that version of V5, the very first one, before the clan section of the book, the Giovanni are referenced. Only once. And it says the Giovanni are either decimated or ruined or annihilated to the level of the Ravnos, so they basically become a bloodline, and that they retreat to Sicily. Now wrap your head around that, if you like. If you know anything about the Giovanni, 
So let's deal with the Sicily element first. This was written by someone who wasn't deeply invested in the Vampire the Masquerade metaplot or knew that the Giovanni, of course, their home base is in Venice. I don't know who the author was, and even if I did, I wouldn't name them. That would be unfair. But it's an easy mistake to make because the Giovanni are often portrayed as a negative Italian mafioso stereotype, and so people assume Sicily, despite Castel Dombro, the La Sombra and so on, not everyone has this manic tendency when it comes to vampire metaplot, as I do. So that was one error. But the other one was a design choice. It wasn't my design choice, it was something I was unaware of. Now, I wrote all of the clans for the V5 core book, and so I wasn't aware... Well, I did become aware which clans would be included or not, but at one point, every clan had a write-up. And I had, early on, renamed the Giovanni as the Clan of Death. And the reason I had renamed them the Clan of Death was because of seeds I had started planting all the way in V20, in books like... Lore of the Bloodlines, V20 Dark Ages Companion, V20 Tome of Secrets, uh, the Beckett's Jihad Diary, of course, and maybe even... Oh, and the True Black Hand, my very first Vampire the Masquerade work, all dealt, to some degree, with Harbingers of Skulls, Cappadocians, and Giovanni, and the clan moving toward this confluence point. So when I saw the line that the Giovanni had been annihilated and reduced to the status of a bloodline, I thought, no, that needs to change. And so for the next edition of V5, I think this is the one that first went into print, you can see the line there that the Clan of Death have retreated, I think, to Venice, it should say. But that's about all it says, because we couldn't put them in the core book. And that's all I had space to add. And so that left me with the task of, well, what do we do with the Clan of Death now? Let's approach now the subject of them being annihilated before we move on. Why? Is this just a stupid design decision? Is this something done without thought or purpose? No. I love the Giovanni, I love the Clan of Death, the Hakata, the Cappadocians. They've always been my clan, the one I've been most strongly associated with. And there are various reasons for that. But the vast majority of Vampire, the Masquerade role players don't share that sentiment. When polled, the Giovanni were almost always in the bottom three of popular clans. There's a few good reasons for that. The first is their design. Uh, they are designed to be insular, they are independent, they are separate from the sectarian conflicts of the Camarilla and the uh, Sabat even more so than any of the other independent clans. They're also carrying a lot of negative baggage. An awful lot of players just play them as goodfellas, uh, supporting cast from the Godfather and so on. That can be fun, but it can also be deeply immersion-breaking. Uh, they also have a very convoluted meta plot that some people just don't want to get involved in. But simply put, they are a mono-clan in that most chronicles that involve Giovanni only involve Giovanni, and most role players want to play uh, chronicles with multiple vampires from multiple clans. So, the Giovanni never had it easy. But they had their fans. They had fans like me, and I like to, although I was an avid role player, have been for a long time, I've always found the vast majority of Giovanni fans are the kind of vampire fans who like reading the books, but don't necessarily get a chance to role play. And my findings for that are simply down to the depth of metaplot. 
The Giovanni are a very interesting clan to get into if you like Metaplot. And if you spend a lot of time reading Metaplot, there's probably more written about the Cappadocians and the Giovanni than there is about the Salubri and the Tremere, I would say. Uh, helped, of course, by the fact there is a four-part chronicle uh, in which the Giovanni are growing off the back of the Diablerie of Cappadocius and the destruction of Clan Cappadocian. So, the Giovanni, from the paradox, the White Wolf standpoint, are not an appealing clan. And they wanted there to be a definite sign of the Second Inquisition and the beckoning and all of that. And by putting them on the chopping block, that was a way of portraying it. I very much disagreed with this, which is why I changed them to just the Clan of Death and did what I did with Cults of the Blood Gods. I wanted to give the Giovanni, the Hecata a chance to become interesting, accessible to people who both read and play, but also a natural evolution of what the Clan of Death were, based on what I had seeded in various V20 books and also the metaplot that preceded it. Most importantly, I did not want people to have to know that metaplot in deep and meaningful detail in order to want to play them. Now, these are a lot of challenges from a design perspective, but I did my damn best. And uh, there were a few of us on Cults of the Blood Gods, myself, Jacob Burgess, John Burke. We all worked on the Hecata. And while the formation of them was definitely my idea, they added a lot of hugely necessary material to it. So all credit to them, too. But, again, I'm not taking credit for saving them, because I did also change them. But that is why, partly from a design perspective, they changed. But those those changes were seeded, as I mentioned, in V20. I had already alluded to the fact, I think, that Lazarus, one of the Cappadocian Methuselahs, was making overtures, or was already the Capuchin, who was already making overtures to Ambrogino Giovanni. Uh, I had already, in Beckett's Jihad Diary, mentioned things like the Clan of Death coming together. Uh, that I think there's a meeting with a Giovanni, uh, Pisanob, Harbingers of Skulls, and various other... Uh, bloodlines of death. So all of that is already in my mind as a designer. This is what I want to do as an author. And so you can quite easily look at it and say, well, this is very much a bit of Matthew Dawkins fan fiction, if you like. But no, because I was an official author, so it's official material. It's what I want to see in Vampire the Masquerade, and so it's what I put in Vampire the Masquerade. And sometimes, as a creator, you have to go with what your tastes say, rather than polling the community and seeing that no one likes to play the Giovanni, therefore we need to kill them all, which I find a bad design choice, quite frankly. Now, from a law perspective, because this is the harder one to wrap your head around, uh, the idea of the Cappadocians and the Giovanni suddenly buddy-buddying it up is harder to digest. And the first thing I need to explain is that the Hecata is not some happy family where everyone supports each other and claps them on the back. Uh, there's still plenty of infighting, but the clan is designed to survive the environment of V5. All these distinct necromantic bloodlines doing using a discipline that's pretty fucking overt uh, would, even if you look at original necromancy and mortis, you know, these aren't exactly the subtle powers of vampire, <laughs> uh, saw the need to come together. But why would they come together with each other? Especially when you've got Sabbat bloodlines, you've got independence there, and you've got a Samadhi who work for anybody who pays. 
there were a lot of conflicts of interest, you could say. Uh, so survival couldn't be enough of a motivator. And a lot of those motivations are things I put down in V20. But here's the potted version. Again, a super duper deep dive was requested, so it may not be terribly well potted. <laughs> Let's start all the way back at the beginning with Cappadocius, the clan founder. You might notice I keep saying Cappadocius instead of Cappadocius, or Cappadocian instead of Cappadocian. It's because my understanding is that there's no soft C in uh, the Greek that would have originally uh, been where the word Cappadocia came from. Uh, so, hence, Cappadocia, Cappadocian. It's something I learned in, I guess, the last four or five years or so, which is why my pronunciation changed. There you go. You can pronounce it however you like. I know most people say Cappadocian. So, Cappadocius is a clan founder who is set on learning all the mysteries of life and death so he can overcome them, and ultimately he, ultimately he decides the only way he can do it is by diabolizing God. He's a lunatic. His real name is Sargon. Sorry for the spoilers for Dark Ages clan novel Cappadocian. Uh, but uh, he has forgot his name, uh, his true name, which is why he's permanently on this quest for knowledge of self and overcoming life, death, and so on and so forth. He goes through various iterations of clan in order to manage this. He keeps embracing people, telling them to master death, uh, study death, interrogate spirits, uh, see the point at which a soul leaves the body, etc., etc., etc. And so I think we can safely assume that the purge, the famous purge that he led in the 7th or 8th century, one could say, uh, the Feast of Folly, where he sends all the Cappadocians that are undeserving into the underground cities of Kaimakli and Derenkuyu, seals them in and says, you won't be coming out, only these guys are worthy of continuing my quest. I imagine he, d he had done that before. It seems like a very unusual thing to do on the fly, at least in such numbers. He probably did it in smaller numbers to build up and eventually came to the conclusion that he needed to bury at least half of his clan for being unworthy. There were a lot of vampires buried in that event. Now, this is before the Giovanni are even on the scene, but Cappadocius is a figure who holds very little sentimentality towards his own offspring. If they're not up to the task, he'll get rid of them and embrace someone who is. Now, Clan Book Cappadocian is a little confused on this matter because it's one of the very first, uh, it, well, major introductions to Clan Cappadocian. It says things like any Cappadocian who has not contributed to the building of a church or is not on the Via Cali, the Road of Heaven, deserves this permanent entombment. This book was written before the Road of Bones was invented. This book was written before the vast majority of the Giovanni Chronicles were written. There was an awful lot that came after that basically makes a lot of the lore in Clambert Cappadocian rather suspect. And that's how I like it. I like lore that isn't necessarily in concrete. But there are other people who glom on to these bits of lore and say, well, it says it in this book, so it must be true. No. That is not the case, especially when you look at the Cappadocians and their various iterations. Let's remember, the Cappadocians were introduced to justify the existence of the Giovanni. 
The Giovanni were introduced first in Masquerade, and the Cappadocians were introduced first in the Giovanni Chronicles 1, where they have a very saintly appearance. They're practically the early version of the Salubri, if you like, because Cappadocius is pretty much uh, vampire Jesus, and Japheth, I think, has a humanity of ten or something like that. It's it's farcical, really, if you start looking into the details of it. And, of course, when they are finally introduced in Vampire the Dark Ages, almost every Cappadocian that's introduced is just introduced to be diabolized later by the Giovanni. So they have little purpose other than to feed the clan that succeeds them. Now, that, again, is very interesting from a reader's perspective, and some role players love it because they want to play the Cappadocian that survived from the Dark Ages to the modern era. I don't know how many role players I've encountered who want to play that character. I've played that character, the last Cappadocian. It's always fun being a snowflake, and believe me, I have no issue with snowflakes. I think characters should be special. Uh, But it meant that the Cappadocians were rather one-note, they were the doomed clan you could still play in the Dark Ages, unlike the Salubri, who were doomed and already done uh, in the Dark Ages. So the Cappadocians, introduced in Vampire the Dark Ages, we know that Cappadocius has purged his clan once before with the Feast of Folly. He then, then embraces the Giovanni, starting with Augustus, and uh, when they become aware of the Feast of Folly, well, they start making moves to ensure the same thing doesn't happen to them. If we want to credit uh, the wisdom of Cappadocius, we should be saying, well, perhaps he knew that the Giovanni would be avaricious enough to diabolize the rest of the clan so that they could become closer to death. So he basically put into motion the events that saw the rest of his clan get destroyed, and himself. But bear in mind, if we are to take Giovanni Chronicles 1 as gospel, he wanted to be diabolized because it would get him closer to God. So, point being, Cappadocius, a vampire the vast majority of role-played characters are never going to interact with, embraces his clan, and the descendants embrace their descendants, and so on and so forth. They study death, he finds them wanting, he says, fuck 50% of you, carries on with his unlife, then embraces the Giovanni, 500 years, 700 years later, uh, after the Feast of Folly, they say, you know what, we don't want to go the same way once Cappadocius judges us as unworthy, so they destroy half of the clan, just not the Giovanni half, as well as Cappadocius, because that's basically what Cappadocius wants. This is the history of Clan Cappadocian, at least from the Doomed perspective. There's plenty of other minor bits and pieces that go into the Clan history that we could go into, but this video is going to be long enough as it is. So the Giovanni are on top. They are Diabolists. They've stolen all the domains. They've stolen all the herds. They've stolen all the knowledge of Clan Cappadocian. And let's be clear... Dark Ages and the Giovanni Chronicles pretty much posits the Cappadocians as amateurs when it comes to necromancy. They are rubbish when dealing with spirits. The Giovanni are the masters of the spirit realm, the Cappadocians are the masters of the flesh, and that means they are woefully behind. They are medieval to the Renaissance Giovanni. And so the Giovanni are an upgrade, very much so to the clan of death, but they still aren't able to do what Cappadocius wants, which is master life and death.
they are pretty damn good at it, but they're not masters of it. Uh, you could even say the Endless Night plot that Augusta Giovanni wants to implement is the culmination of that agenda, but it never comes to pass. I appreciate this is a lot of information. If you're keeping up, that means you are deeply invested in Vampire the Masquerade lore. Good for you. It might get you somewhere one day. It got me hired, but uh, I, I've got to say, <laughs> studying all of this for as long as I have has not earned me many friends. Anyway, anyway. So, what comes next? Well, those vampires that were cast into Kaimakli and Derenkuyu during the Feast of Folly, they don't just go away. Yes, some of them descend on each other in Diablery uh, because they starve to death uh, or starve to the point of destruction or torpor. Others do have mastery over certain spiritual powers and cross over the gauntlet. They pass through the Shroud. They enter the Shadowlands because this is a place where they're not going to need to feed and they're not going to need to fear the sun. Unfortunately, it is a place where they will fear the truly dead, the wraiths, because after all, these Cappadocians have been spending a lot of time meddling with their bodies. Now, not their own, but the bodies of these people who are waiting on the other side of the Shroud. Luckily, these refugees are found by the Capuchin, a mythical figure in the Clan of Death, who leads them to the safety of an underworld city called Enoch. These Cappadocians join the Talmahera, the True Black Hand. They become the Harbingers of Skulls because, as part of their initiation, they have to scour their faces in probably the River Styx or Leith or something like that. But either way, I wrote about it. I can't remember everything I've written. Uh, the Cappadocians become the Harbingers of Skulls. They lose their identity. They lose their faces. They are now Skulls. Largely animated skeletons with some wisps of skin attached to them. And they hate the Giovanni, wouldn't you know? They absolutely despise the Giovanni. This is one of those biggest bugbears I've had about Vampire the Masquerade since I ever got into it. It was the idea of a one-note bloodline, a one-note clan, and I appreciate a lot of bloodlines were created to be a one-note. In the Harbingers of Skulls case, they were created so that people could play angry Cappadocians. The... And that's basically it. But then again, it, they were there largely as storyteller tools for antagonists in Giovanni games, because there were even sidebars next to Harbinger Skull saying, these are not for players, because <laughs> most of them are elders. So I did away with that when I worked on V20 True Black Hand, and basically said some of them have started embracing, because I hate the idea that um, vampires are locked behind a storyteller screen. But yeah, they hate the Giovanni. Now, why is that? Very few people have ever really questioned, it seems. Why would the Harbingers of Skulls hate the Giovanni when the Giovanni destroyed the clan founder who banished them to the underworld? Surely they should be going out and thanking them. They should be saying, yeah, let's let, we'll help you destroy the rest of those Cappadocian loyalists to Cappadocius, the bastards. But no, they hate the Giovanni. And there's a reason. The reason they hate the Giovanni is because the Giovanni are the favoured childer of Cappadocius. Because the Harbingers see that the Giovanni were embraced because the Harbinger era 
failed. The Cappadocian era failed. The Giovanni era might succeed. So Cappadocius decided the Harbingers, waste of time. Cappadocians, waste of time. The Giovanni, they stand a better hope. Well, by this point, it's a, a thousand years later, and the Harbingers of Skulls are a little pissed off that they've been dismissed so readily. And so they think, well, you know what? Fuck Cappadocius. Fuck dear father, the person who put us in this position. We're going to destroy his little experiment. And so they go after the Giovanni, because, again, it's not vengeance for what the Giovanni did to the Cappadocians. The Giovanni didn't make the Harbingers how they are. Cappadocius made the Harbingers how they are. No, they're hitting the Giovanni because they know it would hurt Cappadocius's plans. That is the reason for why the Harbingers hate the Giovanni. All of this said, it doesn't explain why, why the Hecata come together. Well, let's move to the modern era now. We can skip the idea of Cappadocia still floating around as a wraith. He probably does. We can skip the idea, I suppose, of the last Cappadocian in Giovanni Chronicles 3, because she's clearly not the last Cappadocian. Uh, we can skip an awful lot in order to get to the modern era. What could have compelled the Cappadocians, the Harbingers, the Giovanni, the Samdi, Lamier... Uh, some of whom still survive, and even the Nagaraja to come together as the Hecata. Quite simply, I mentioned the Endless Night earlier. Let's assume that that was Cappadocius's plan to finally bring God to Earth so that all of his descendants and he could overcome all weaknesses, all frailties of life and death. Well... The Harbingers have been speaking via the Capuchin, this mysterious mythological canite, to the younger Giovanni. The bloodlines of the Giovanni, the various Milners, Dunser, and, and so on, and saying to them, aren't you a little bit pissed off that your clan elders keep ordering you what to do and trickling down very, very little? When you look at other clans and their turnover of neonates to elders, when you look at your own clan, Giovanni, don't you realise your elders never move? You, you have never risen up and destroyed your elders. So you are going to be locked in these positions of penury forever. Just a, just a bit of food for thought, says the Capuchin as he wanders off. Additionally, while that's going on, the idea that the Giovanni have been spending the last 500 years hunting down Cappadocians is frankly untrue. The last 500 years have seen a lot of uh, Giovanni elders hunting down Cappadocians, but young Giovanni don't even know what a Cappadocian is. So why would they have anything against harbingers of Cap or Cappadocians on the face of it? In fact, isn't it possible that they might identify with people being persecuted by the elders who persecute them? And so the Giovanni start thinking, you know what, this Capuchin is right, let's meet some of his friends. And so they do. And they come to the table with Harbingers and Samdi and Lamia, and the Capuchin says, You are all descended from the same abusive father figure. You have all been judged unworthy. The only people who seem to be judged worthy are your elders, the Anciani and such like. Maybe it's time 
we showed them who is truly worthy of our status as the clan of death. And the name Hecata probably springs from the fact that it is an ancient Greek goddess, Hecate, and that Cappadocian cannot have always been the clan name. And maybe the Harbingers, being truly ancient, are aware of this. And so the circle, the cycle of death, turns around, and there is a form of Anarch revolt within the clan that eliminates the elders as a repetition. It's the Giovanni eliminating the Cappadocians, except it's now the Giovanni, the Harbingers, and the various bloodlines eliminating their elders. And they wipe the slate clean, pretty much, to the extent when you include this and the previous purges of elder Cappadocians by the Giovanni and the Feast of Folly and so on, makes the clan pretty much immune to the beckoning because they don't have enough Methuselahs of significant age to pull them to wherever the fuck. And so you're left with a new world order of the Clan of Death. But if you are wanting a, well, shall we say, wisp of controversy here, maybe this is all part of Cappadocius's plan. Maybe the Elder Giovanni have done their part now, and maybe it's time for them to be replaced, because the circle, the wheel, the cycle is always spinning, and death is on a rotation. The clan has been through more purges than any other clan in Vampire the Masquerade, and so this isn't going to be the last one, but the next one might not be for another 500 years. After all, the previous one was 500 years ago, the one before that was 700 years ago, and the one before that, who knows? There aren't enough vampires left to talk about it. But you end up with these refugees, these people who are all descended from the same abusive father figure, who have decided, you know what, the real criminals here, the ones who have been persecuting the Cappadocians, the ones that the Harbingers truly hate because they were chosen above them, the ones that the younger Giovanni despise because they've been abused by them for generations, the ones that the Samadhi are more than happy to replace because the Samadhi have no place in the world of darkness and are frankly too hideous to survive the second inquisition without strong support the ones that lamier do truly resent because they were practically purged by them these were the elders and some ancillae of clan giovanni and so the giovanni embraced from like the years 1444 to about let's say 1800 they're gone and their vitae is separated between all of these other vampires. Some have returned from the Shadowlands, some are younger Giovanni who are now only just coming into their own, and they are together. They are a clan of death called the Hecata. Do they all like each other? No. If you put a thousand refugees in a camp, they're not all going to be best friends just because they've struggled under the same persecution. But they have all survived the same persecution, and therefore they have a common factor. They know how to survive. They know how to destroy their oppressor, and goddamn they are going to survive the Second Inquisition, even if it means becoming bedfellows with people they previously hated. One of the, and I appreciate this is a truly long video, but this is what happens. You ask for a super duper deep dive, this is what you get. Remember, you back the world below and back a kit, this is the kind of thing I'll spend my time doing.
all of that said, the trick here is basically don't see an individual vampire as emblematic of a clan. What do I mean by that? Well, the worst way to play a Harbinger of Skulls is just, I hate all Giovanni. The worst way to play a Giovanni is, I hate all Cappadocians and I'm a mobster. The worst way to play a Lamia is, I'm a mindless woman servant of a Cappadocian. The worst way to play a Samadhi is, I'm a practitioner, a stereotypical practitioner of voodoo, for that matter. There's a lot of bad ways to do it. And as soon as you can extract from the stereotype interesting character ideas, you can understand that characters will not always perform in conformity with the clan stereotype. So just because it says Harbinger's Skulls hate Giovanni, start scratching the surface. Wonder why they hate the Giovanni. When you think of the Giovanni... They're a clan of loyalty, of incest, of necrophilia, of abuse, of assault, of punishment sent down from on high for no reason that the younger Giovanni understand. Well, you could play into the loyalty of it and visit that punishment on your descendants, or you could fight back against it and be your own person. The trick is to break the stereotype. The Hecata exists to break the stereotypes because the stereotypes stopped you from playing... Oh, look, I'm being illuminated again. Um, the stereotypes stopped people from playing the Giovanni and they made people play the Cappadocians in a single way. The Hecata, given that they come from multiple different sources, can be played in lots of different ways. You can be your mortician, you can be a gravedigger, you can be a mobster, you can be your assassin, you can be a mercenary, you can be your wise elder, you can be your religious leader, uh, you could be a huge number of character types without being pigeonholed into a narrow fashion. And the final thing I'm going to say about the Hecata at this time is regarding the Naga Raja, because one of the biggest minor controversies, if that's not a uh, an oxymoron, is why the Nagaraja and the Hecata, when they are in fact descended from Setites, the Ministry. It's uh, simply a matter of, again, survival. This is not an era conducive to being outside of the safety of a sect or large protective clan. The Nagaraja know that they are not Hecata by blood. They are an adopted part of the clan. Just think of them like that. They are adopted cousins. They're all cousins. They all come from the same bad seed. The question is, what are the Hecata going to do in future now that they can actually use each other instead of constantly going for each other? So that's the question. But I hope this has, in a very long-winded form, explained some of the in-universe and out-of-universe decisions. It's incredibly important for me, as a fan of the Cappadocians, of the Giovanni, of the Harbingers, of the Samli, to make their coming together make some sense. And I think we manage it. Uh, and I know that law will change, and I know that people will pick up and drop things that you know that they like or don't, and that's absolutely fine. My agenda, my objective, is to give you a firm base from which to build. 
So now, hopefully, it makes some sense to you why a 13th generation Giovanni embraced five years ago would ally with a harbinger of skulls embraced ten years ago, because they would have no reason not to. You are not embraced into a clan indoctrination. You are embraced as a person, and therefore the views you form may not gel with your sires, your grandsires, your antediluvians. That is something you should always keep in mind. It's the same reason not all Zimishi should be psycho psychotic flayers. The same reason not all Bruha should be busting down doors and opening fire with sawn-off shotguns. And the same reason not all Ventru should be stockbrokers. Because that's dull, and there's absolutely no reason that they would be. Your character is an individual first. Make the story around them. Anyway... I've spoken for long enough. Thank you very much for watching. Back the world below. The link is in the description below, and I look forward to seeing those pledge figures go up. I'm watching you. Thank you very much for watching.